In nature, a wildfire is one of the most devastating natural forces. It burns hot and fast and leaves little behind but ash and char. Or so it seems. Very soon after the fire passes through the forest, life returns. Shrubs and weeds that clog the forest floor have burned away, leaving space for new trees, grasses, and flowers to emerge and flourish. Habitats are created, bringing new insects, birds, reptiles, and mammals. A cancer diagnosis can feel like a wildfire, our bodies becoming this new, fire-clarified landscape. For some, cancer changes utterly everything. For others, cancer brings greater clarity and purpose. And some of us are still searching for what life after a cancer diagnosis will look like. Welcome to The Burn. We are exploring stories of life and transformation following a breast cancer diagnosis. I'm April Stearns, the founder and editor of Wildfire Magazine and the host of this podcast. Today, we're going to visit with a breast cancer change maker. I have a special place in my heart and within Wildfire for the ones who were diagnosed young and then decided to stay in cancer land and try to make a cancer experience better for those already here as well as for the ones to be diagnosed next. As we are recording this today, it's my birthday week, which is tied up in a messy knot of association with the day I was diagnosed 11 years ago. My birthday, my cancerversary, and the launch of Wildfire all happened in the same week, albeit different years, of course. My guest today was also diagnosed 11 years ago. Tara Dunsmore-Williamson was one of the earliest contributors to Wildfire. Her piece, Rising from the Ashes, Healing, Inc., was in the very first body issue that we did in 2017. And what you're going to hear today is that piece as well as an update from Tara. The one thing that's a little different in our format today is that I'm going to read the 2017 piece because I actually wrote it. At that time, Wildfire was still figuring out what it was all about, so occasionally I wrote articles based on interviews with community members. Nowadays, I leave that all up to the writers because half the healing comes from writing our own memoirs, but there's a lot of healing in having your story witnessed as well as hearing someone else read it. So it's my pleasure to do that today for you all listening as well as for Tara. And with that, welcome to The Burn, Tara. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. Absolutely. Well, all right. So as I said, I'm reading a feature piece that I wrote about you called Rising from the Ashes Healing, Inc. This was in the July-August 2017 issue of Body. The subscribers to Wildfire can find that in our digital archives. And after you and I read, we'll get an update from you as well as chat. Those of you listening, stay tuned to the very end for a writing prompt inspired by today's episode. All right. Healing Inc. with Tara Dunsmore. When she was 39 years old, Tara was your average North Carolinan, a mom to three kids and a hardworking rehabilitation nurse. Years before, when she was in nursing school, she donated her kidney to her sister, but she'd since healed, graduated, and gone to work. And now life was moving along quite peacefully. Of course, all that changed when Tara was diagnosed with breast cancer. But it wasn't until the very last step of her treatment that Tara's life really flipped upside down. After a lumpectomy followed by a bilateral mastectomy, it was Tara's plastic surgeon who first told her about areola tattoos. Tara knew immediately that she wanted to have the procedure done, but after searching for months for tattoo artists specializing in areola tattoos, she was unable to find a specialist close enough in proximity to do the work. 
Tara resigned herself to having the nurse at her plastic surgeon's office do the tattoos. Chocolate brown, bubblegum pink, or nude. Those were the only color choices, Tara recalls, laughing bitterly. I went into the appointment excited, trusting this nurse to give me the final touch, and I only got three color choices. I remember saying, nude, I guess. As it turns out, the experience was anything but exciting or celebratory. Tara expected the tattoo to make her feel whole again. Instead, it was simply a circle of color that didn't really resemble an areola at all. It was painful, disheartening, and sad, she said. On the way home from that appointment, Tara made up her mind. I knew I needed to go and train and become an areola tattoo artist, she remembers. It was as simple as that. I told my plastic surgeon. He took me by the shoulders and said, go do it. So she did. After studying at the Bow Institute, Tara founded Pink Ink Tattoo. Then came her first big break. She tattooed areolas on four survivors in New Jersey, where the institute is based. Afterward, she took pictures and went straight home to North Carolina, where she showed her plastic surgeon. Laughing, Tara recalls his response. Oh my God, Tara, these look so real. Now, Tara works alongside many plastic surgeons in North Carolina and in Texas. In the three years since Tara has tattooed areolas on more than 400 men and women survivors. When survivors come to Tara for their final touch, she strives to make their experience the exact opposite of her bad experience. In fact, Tara still has her failed areola tattoos. They are daily inspiration, she says, to do better by the survivors who come to her. Now, when Tara works with clients, she goes out of her way to make sure they have a truly wonderful experience. Bring 20 people, pop the champagne, she says. This is about you. Unlike her tattoo experience, when clients come to Tara, she works hard to help them find the exact tattoo they want. A bilateral tattoo takes approximately two hours from start to finish. When a client arrives, they are greeted with a fuzzy pink gown. No paper gowns here, like at the doctor's office, she says. After the gown, we do the size. I draw everything freehand. They decide if it looks right, and then we pick the colors, and we mix and mix until the color is just right. Their eyes light up, and they say, that's it. Size and color has to be perfect for them. Tara says she uses lidocaine to numb the area during the procedure, which is different from getting a tattoo done by a nurse. And she also does free touch-ups within the first year because fading can occur, especially on skin that's been radiated. Tara says her ink is different, formulated specially for use by breast cancer patients. Before I had my areola tattoos, I felt like a mannequin. My boobs sort of belonged to my surgeon. They were something he had made, she said. Having the tattoos gave me a little bit of modesty back. I want all women to know areola tattoos are an option. You do deserve it. They're the cherry on top, the final touch. They close the cancer chapter. Tara says before she had her tattoos, she got to the point where she didn't feel like her chest was her own. It was part of a medical body. Her modesty was gone after so many doctor's appointments, being touched and prodded and scrutinized. But after having her areolas tattooed, she suddenly felt that her breasts were hers again, private again. And that's what she hopes to give other survivors the chance to feel whole again.
that was Tara's story from 2017. We are going to get an update from Tara on where things are now. So Tara, I will turn it over to you. Great. Thank you so much. So a lot has changed in those years, and I am a 10-year, soon-to-be 11-year breast cancer survivor, 22-year-plus nurse. Um, Like you said, I am a kidney donor to my sister. I am now a keynote speaker, post-reconstruction option pioneer, cancer community influencer, advocate, legal expert witness, business owner, mother, wife, and a certified 3D aerial nipple complex medical tattoo artist. I have grown my business Pink Ink Tattoo from humble beginnings into an award-winning internationally recognized business with clients traveling for my services from all across the world. I traveled the United States to work alongside top plastic surgeons and medical centers, centers in places like North Carolina, Texas, Mississippi, and many more. I've led nine, soon to be 10 years of my annual Day of Hope events that are dedicated to my mantra of purpose over profit, where I've donated free areola tattooing, held fundraising events, and more. At these events, I invite survivors like myself to share their stories, help spread awareness, and make a difference in the community. Day of Hope events also invite local organizations, nonprofits, and community leaders to participate in education, awareness, advocacy, and for accessibility to people interested in them. In 2023, this year, I collaborated with the minor league baseball team, the Fayetteville Woodpeckers, at the Sagra Stadium to host my Day of Hope. Um, That's going to be on May 4th for breast cancer survivors, military members, and the local communities. The event is free to the public, which was extremely important to me. Um, It's free to vendors, and it's dedicated to inspire, celebrate, honor, and educate others about breast cancer prevention, self-advocacy, support, resources, and life after cancer. My story with Pink Ink Tattoo and dedication to helping my community has inspired features in Oprah O Magazine, Allure Magazine, Wildfire Magazine, NASCAR, Minor League Baseballs, uh, Fayetteville Woodpeckers, and the Carolina Mudcats, NHL and NHLPA with the Carolina Hurricanes, American Cancer Society, Susan G. Komen, CNN, ABC News, and many more. I've been recognized and at times even endorsed by celebrities like Daniel Baldwin, Gloria Gaynor, and others. I feel that it is such an honor to be featured in so many publications, news articles, blogs, podcasts, summits, and TV networks. As a breast cancer community influencer, I've utilized my platform to pioneer important discussions about post-reconstruction options, medical tattooing, and helping others, other survivors like myself, and giving back to the community. I have served as a keynote speaker to many medical summits, expos, webinars, conferences, and I've reached over 147 countries, um, with the most recent taking place in India. I feel that as long as I have a voice and a platform, no matter how small or large, I will use it to bring breast cancer awareness to form survivors that they do have options after reconstruction, and to encourage women and men to be their best advocate, to research, follow your gut, and ask questions. As an advocate for early detection and prevention, I have helped raise funds and spread awareness through many events I have hosted and participated in, like 
the Charlotte Motor Speedway, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and Susan G. Komen, Drive for the Cure 250, Hockey Fights Cancer, um, initiatives with the NHL and the Carolina Hurricanes. I've served as a board member, um, board director member for the Jill's Wish Foundation. And I recently just joined the American Cancer Society as a Making Strides of the Triangle Executive Ambassador. So I'm pretty honored for all that. Um, I have also made historical impacts on Susan G. Komen's annual Race for the Cure by creating a never-done-before symbolic race start that garnered national attention. Um, we actually started the races on motorcycles, which had never been done in the country. So they've asked me to come back. This year will be the third time, so I'm pretty honored about that. Um, and I always just, along all these notable events and efforts, I've always committed myself to helping others no matter how big or small the impact, just as long as it's a positive impact. Um, I've always said that I feel that this is my calling. This is my passion. I'm here to help others feel whole again, to provide them with the finishing touch in their journeys. As the founder of Pink Ink Tattoo, I celebrate the year of 2023 as a soon-to-be 11-year breast cancer survivor that has helped tens of thousands while inspiring countless others, I will continue to share my story, help inspire, motivate, and educate others about breast cancer, early detection, self-advocacy, and more. My community efforts have made positive impacts for others and have embodied my purpose over profit mantra. I will continue to make a difference every day for others, and I will always love my chair talks. Um, with survivors like myself. It's my passion, my calling, my purpose, and my story. And it's the one that um, continues to grow with me every day. Um, so my mission to make others feel whole again and to have the finishing touch in their breast cancer journey will always be my number one main focus. And that's to help others. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. That is so much living and work in 11 years of survivorship. So thank you so much for that, Tara. Thank you. What I want to do right here is take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into all these juicy details. Hey there, I'm April and I'm joined for a moment by my teammate, Emily Purcell, to tell you about something really big we've been working on behind the scenes. As you know, there's a wildfire book out in the world. We worked really hard on this book and we are just loving the reception it's been receiving. The book is an anthology, a best of wildfire. It's what I like to call 50 under 50. That's 50 personal essays from people diagnosed with breast cancer under 50, taking us deep into their lives post-diagnosis. We called the book Igniting the Fire Within, and it's really powerful. But what would make it even more powerful is to hear those essays directly from the writers themselves, their own voices, their own inflections, reading their own words. Many of them have already joined us here on The Burn as our guests, and likely you've heard them here and there. We're going to do this one better for you, though. There is now a special mini limited series offshoot of The Burn podcast called Igniting the Fire Within. It features just the essays from the book read by the authors. Think of it as your free audiobook of this incredible anthology. Subscribe to The Burn so you don't miss this very special audio broadcast of Igniting the Fire Within. New mini episodes drop each Friday. And if you don't have the book yet, pick it up on Amazon today. Hi, my name is Lisa, and I wanted to thank you for offering the writing workshop on sex and intimacy. 
The workshop came at the absolute perfect time for me as I'm healing from a recent breakup. I loved writing in community. People were raw, honest, and I resonated with many of the stories. When I wrote my own, it was incredibly healing and I felt as though I completed years of therapy. Writing the story helped me navigate one of the most mentally challenging times in my life. April, thank you so much for having the vision to develop this unique model of support and healing. I am forever grateful. Thank you so much for the love, Lisa. All right. Welcome back, Tara. Thank you again for being on the burn with me and for this treat to, you know, hear an update from one of our very, very, very first stories. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So uh, let's dive right in. I was saying this to you um, before we hit record that deciding to stay in cancer land is a difficult choice and something I think has that has to be revisited again and again. And I know that's at least the case for me. And I'm curious for you, did you have any trepidation before you decided to to make you know, your life's passion related to cancer? Did you have any worries about that? Or over the years, have there been moments where you've thought you might need to pull back or pull pull out of cancer land? I think, and this is a great question. Um, and we talk about it, you know, when I see clients, they ask me how I can be in, a, in this all day, every day of my life. And um, truly, I think maybe having many years as a nurse, I was able to navigate my emotions, um, you know, caring for others, that me being the patient and then becoming um, the provider again, the caregiver, per se, for giving the areola tattoos, it just see it more in a healing. So it's not only helping them, but it heals me every day as well, because I get to live vicariously through their experience that they have with me. And sure, sometimes it does get tough. And you know, when we have conversations and then there's some women that I've met, you know, in the past nine years of having pink ink tattoo and Sally, they're no longer, um, with us any longer. And so I think that's probably the most, um, hard that I've ever hardness that I've ever had to deal with as far as being in this community and having a profession that's in the community all the time is, is the ones that are no longer here. That probably, um, hits harder because every day is a gift and we don't know if we're guaranteed whether, you know, we're stage one, stage three, we just don't know. And so for the women that made such an impact on me who are no longer here, that's, that's hard to swallow. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I can relate to that a lot. I wonder if it's the same for you though, where I, you know, I feel devastated by their losses and at the same time, so grateful that I was able to, help in some way to make their experience of cancer maybe a little bit better and just grateful that that our paths crossed even for that short amount of time. Absolutely. And I feel the same way. So in our moments that we had together, if it was at an event or if I tattooed them, it was great that we had those hugs and laughs and just conversations. So absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Well, I want to get back to, to, you know, the work that you do, the areola tattooing. Um, one little update I'm curious about if you 
If you ever did replace your own tattoos, you know, in the story that I read, you had kept them faded as kind of a reminder and a daily inspiration. I'm just kind of curious where where you are with that now, if you don't mind saying. No, absolutely not. Um, saying I'm exactly the same. Every time I say I'm going to tattoo them again, I mean, who else is going to do it? It's going to be me. So every time I'm like, I'm doing it, then I just go, well, I got to go to work. And then I'm just busy. And then I don't, you know, I put myself last when it comes to that. But it is definitely an inspiration to wake up and see them. Not an inspiration as far as like, oh, I love my tattoos that I did myself, but as nobody else is ever going to feel this way when they come to me. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit more about how pink ink and what you do is different from getting a tattoo from your plastic surgeon um, or the nurse at the plastic surgeon's? Well, I think, you know, a lot of people get in this profession as a sidebar or it's a job description. For me, it was I was on a mission. I wanted every woman or man that chose me for this last step in their reconstruction to or non-reconstruction to um, have an experience that was positive. It wasn't another procedure. And so every detail that I put into it from the ink to the music while you're here, who you have with you, just everything was about you, not about me, not about anybody else, but you. And it was a moment where your voice is heard because a lot of us that go through cancer, we have to go with what the expert says and do this and do that and this surgery and that treatment where this is like the final step. And it's the, it's the good, you know, it's the best part of the whole thing. If there is a best part and, you know, it's just the icing on the cake where it's like, what would you like to listen to? What color would you want? And I'll mix it to that. I mean, the ink, like you had mentioned before, it's made in the USA. It's gamma sterilized. It's MRI safe. So all of that was extremely important to me because we shouldn't have to worry about any of that. And um, being a nurse just, I think, adds that extra little touch in there where I'm going to be more proactive on the aftercare, making sure that you have the best color retention, longevity of these tattoos, so you're not reminded constantly. And um, I think that just, you know, puts me a little bit different or a lot different than other, you know, people that providing the services. I've been there. I am a, t a breast cancer survivor. I've had this procedure done. And, um, you know, so I know, and it wasn't a good one. So now I know what we deserve. You're not going to have pain sitting in my chair. I mean, I do use topical lidocaine and I will numb that area so that you don't have to endure any kind of discomfort. Why should you? You shouldn't have to. So I've got you covered all the way from the color. You pick your own size and um, discomfort, pain, got that covered. And then the best of all is, um, well, another great benefit is it can be reimbursed with insurance, which mm. is really important because financially we all, you know, struggled or had some kind of financial issues with um, cancer, whether, you know, missing work or no work and or insurance wouldn't cover this, wouldn't cover that. So to be a medical professional and my office is a medical office and to be able to have um, clients reimbursed is, you know, something I fought for definitely the first two years I was on that phone every day with insurance companies because it needs to be reimbursed. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that aspect, but you're absolutely right. And that is something that is a little different from you know, getting a, a, another type of tattoo um, in another, I, I mean, I feel like all tattoos have layers of healing around them, but this, this does feel very sure. different and you're right. It deserves to be reimbursed as part of a cancer experience. 
Absolutely. I loved something that that I read in your piece from 2017, where you talked about reclaiming a body that feels very medicalized. I talk about that a lot in the healing aspect of writing, you know, and kind of taking back your story. But can you talk a little bit more about just your own experience of, you know, you said that you became very, um, like there was no more modesty. This was just a body that belonged to to yeah. your surgeon. They had created these breasts and that process of of kind of taking it back. And this is something I hear every single time I meet someone. It's, you know, you're so disassociated from your chest, you know, specifically speaking of breast cancer, because they've been removed or one been, has been removed or you've had multiple lumpectomies, whatever the situation, it doesn't feel like you and... Um, the one thing, although my tattoos were not good and they looked terrible, it did, you know, I, I did feel like part of me was back. There was something there that I could look in the mirror and I didn't have to see all the reminders of the 21 inches of scars straight across my chest. It was more like, oh, okay. Okay. So I didn't just show them to everybody anymore and I don't anymore. And, and I think that for healing for me and I, think this is really important, especially for new diagnosed women, young women, um, instead of feeling like that I did to embrace the situation that's happening, because ultimately this is your new body. This is your new chest. These aren't fake boobs. They are. I mean, we're, we all have enough sense to understand that, but I think mentally and emotionally to be able to move forward, you have to accept it. And this is so I always call them my, it's my breasts. Like these are my, these are my boobs. This is my new body. I never refer to them as fake boobs or boobs or whatever the terminology, you know, that a lot of people do, which if that helps them heal, that's great. But for me, I couldn't do that because it kept it separate from my body. And I had to learn how to reconnect with my new body so that it wasn't like the number one thing on my mind and life and interferes, you know, whether it's, with intimacy or any other parts of your life. I don't want my boobs to always be the number one. Like that does not define me, but I have to accept who they are, what they are. And it's my new body. So for sure, it's um, like, I don't even, it's just my boobs now, you know, <laughs> they're just my new boobs. And it's a conversation I have with, you know, a lot of women that sit down, they feel so disassociated. But once those tattoos are on, even though they're a little bit red because we just tattooed them right then, they literally have that same feeling of, oh my gosh, like, I feel like I'm back, yeah. you know, and that modesty that it comes back and that's a nice feeling. Oh my gosh, it's an important feeling. And then to have the choice after that, you know, if you want to show other people, if you don't, like I sure. think about this a lot because especially today with social media, what it is, which wasn't what it is now when you and I were diagnosed, you know, in, in 2012, but what it is now feels almost like you could think that the goal is that everyone take their shirt off and everyone show everyone their scars, their tattoos, their, their breasts, whatever. But I think that it really is personal. And for some people that's incredibly empowering to, to show, you know, the community what, what they are living with now. And for some people, it's a process of being like, well, I wouldn't take, have taken my shirt off prior to breast cancer. So 
as a way of reliving in this body and claiming these breasts as my own, I also am not going to be just taking my shirt off on social media. So I think, I guess I just wanted to throw that out there in case anyone thinks that the goal is that you reach a point where you're just parading around topless. Like it's just a very personal thing. And I respect that you brought this up because for nine years of having pink ink tattoo, I've never put any before and after photos on social media and I never will. Now I've been tagged in a couple on Instagram or Facebook, but I won't post it because I don't, I think just out of respect for my fellow survivor and as a woman, I'm not going to do that. I don't need to do that. And, and, you know, people have said, Oh, you could have so many more followers. I don't really care about that. My mission is just to say, I'm here. Here's what I'm about. This is who I am. If you want to see my work, go to my website because there's, you know, many before and after with and without nipple reconstruction. And then, of course, you can reach out if you're serious and interested. And I can email you thousands of before and after photos. So I don't think it's necessary. um, But ultimately, it's just respecting Hmm. others. Oh, absolutely. So our time is winding down, but I have one more question for you before we part. So you have been in this space as an entrepreneur for quite some time. Do you have any advice either for someone else who might want to get into areola tattooing or just start some kind of resource to help a fellow survivor along? Do you have any advice for that? I mean, follow your heart and you can't go wrong. So, you know, just if you're on a mission to help others, no matter what it is, whether it's in the cancer world or not, if your intentions are good, you can't go wrong. I love that. Yeah. And that's what keeps the fire burning in your belly, you know, for the, for the harder days too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Tara. So my guest today is Tara Dunsmore-Williamson, and we read two things today. I read her story from 2017, Rising from the Ashes Healing, Inc. You can find that in the body issue, like I said, from 2017. And then Tara read her update, and we chatted. Tara, where can people find you online? Oh, my website is pinkinktattoo.com. And, um, of course, on social media, it's pink underscore ink underscore tattoo on Instagram and pink ink tattoo on Facebook, of course, Twitter, you know, pink ink tattoo one. Um, so all those uh, social media outlets, but online it is pinkinktattoo.com. Excellent. We'll be sure to link to all of that. Thank you so much, Tara. Thanks for being here with me. Oh, thank you, April, for having me and for sharing. Absolutely. Well, I'm April Stearns, and you've been listening to The Burn. The Burn's a production of Wildfire Magazine, where we share breast cancer stories from young women like you've never read or heard before. We also strive to inspire you to write your story like you've never written it before. Stay to the end for a writing prompt inspired by today's episode. Our producer is Bill Smith of Shoe Production, and our production assistant is Monica Haro. Want more on the life-changing transformation to be had from telling your breast cancer stories? Visit wildfirecommunity.org to find a copy of the issue shared in today's episode, to find our rich 40-plus issues in the Wildfire archives, and to take a writing workshop with me. There's no place on the planet like a Wildfire writing workshop, and I want you to experience it for yourself. Discover how to write your way back to yourself, write your way to reclaiming your body and your story. And don't forget to subscribe to The Burn and listen to it wherever you go. All right, here is your writing prompt. The thing about cancer treatment that surprised me the most was, the thing about cancer treatment that surprised me the most was, set your timer for eight minutes, write without stopping, see what needs to come out and where it will take you. 
And if you want more writing prompts, there is a free journal companion to this podcast. Head over to wildfirecommunity.org slash the burn to get yours. Happy writing. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take good care.